Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I love Anchor's easy-to-use drag-and-drop interface. You just drop in the conversations you have with your co-host, your monologues, or whatever else you want to record, and combine that with sound effects and music, and hit publish. It's really just that easy. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hello and welcome to Monorail News Weekly with your host, Greg Hauser, and your co-host, Taylor Thomas. Taylor, how are you doing? Doing good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well. Um, so, you know, we had our podcast review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse on Friday, um, and this is our bonus episode, so don't expect, like, every week to get a Tuesday episode. That's just <laughs> not going to happen. We're not doing two a week. So let's get right into the news. Starting February 27th, uh, Disney's instituted a new credit card payment policy for Walt Disney World Resort guests. Um, did you read about this? Yes. You, you've worked in the hospitality industry, so what's your take on, um, on this? My take is that it's perfectly reasonable because of the way that you can use your magic band to make all the purchases pretty much throughout your vacation. Um, it's None of it is like unreasonable to me. What blows my mind is that people were finding a way to like cheat the system or maybe even if they weren't doing it on purpose that charges were being made to you know fraudulent cards and stuff I, I don't I don't really understand how that was happening um, but I think it's totally fine on Disney's part to do what they're what they've done I mean everybody's used to anytime you check into a hotel anywhere there's gonna be some kind of hold put on your card and the way that you can use it at Disney is so extreme. I mean, you could easily spend hundreds of dollars a day, you know, in the parks and stuff on your sure. magic band going onto your onto your room, basically. So makes sense so, to me and shock to me that people were abusing the system. Well, so if, if you don't know what this new policy is, essentially Disney will place when you arrive an authorization hold on the card for any balance due plus $100 for incidentals. If you've paid your balance, you can expect a $100 hold for uh, incidentals. And when your spending exceeds $100, if it does, they'll place another $100 hold. It, the hold will never exceed past $100. 
of course, guests will still have the option to not place a car on file. Um, but if they do that, they will be unable to charge to their room or magic band. Um, this is going to be sending a notice to everyone who's booked their room um, and completed an online check-in um, for stays, including or after February 27th. This is Disney's way of reducing fraud. Still so crazy to me that people were abusing this system. Um, I guess there's always somebody out there figuring out how to cheat the system. Because this is one of my favorite parts of staying on property. Is the fact that I can hook up a credit card to my magic band and then I don't have to worry about taking my whole wallet into the parks right, right. or anywhere it's, around it's, with it's me. Absolutely magical. Yeah, and then the, you know. The first time I realized you couldn't set it up if you weren't staying on property, I was devastated. I was like, What do you mean? I can't <laughs> charge on my magic band. <laughs> well, I think you, you can't if you have an annual pass. You can? Yeah, yeah, because I can hook up my credit card to my annual uh. pass. And That's it's, so nice. Reason but, number 1000 to get an annual pass. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of staying on property, Disney's Coronado Springs is getting um, a major renovation. They're building the new Grand Destino Tower. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, this, this week, a, a video leaked of, or not leaked, but came out um of renderings of what that tower is going to look like um once it's completed um did you see this video i didn't see the video i've seen pictures and stuff before okay well because because this is an audio podcast we really can't you know show you the images but trust me when i say it looks really nice yeah the pictures have looked extremely nice too um I don't know how that's going to fit into the theme of the Coronado Springs, um, but it does look um, very nice and like a real uh, swanky place to stay. Yeah, to me, kind of all of the DVC additions to resorts don't quite like they're not as themed as the resort itself. You know, they're always a little less. Sure. Maybe not always like. The villas and Animal Kingdom and stuff. But, you know, like Bay Lake Tower next to the Contemporary is pretty. I don't want to use the word bland as in a negative way, but, you know, just not. It has that sleek, modern look to it. Yeah. In a way, it does fit in with the Contemporary Resort, right? It, yeah, if it they fits in. Contemporary Resort today, right? I feel like that's what it would be if it wasn't built in the 70s and it was built <laughs> in the 2000s, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I think this this new tower kind of has the same situation where it's not as themed, but it definitely fits in. Sure, sure, sure. I'm gonna have to find the video and watch it. But yeah, all the pictures uh, on monorailnews.com. Shameless check plug. it out. Shameless plug. Well, you're watching a monorail news program, so yeah. Hopefully, you already know us. A thousand percent shameless plug. And love us. Um, so, uh, as part of the 30th anniversary of Disney's Hollywood Studios, Yay! um, on, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, the only original opening day attraction 
still at Hollywood Studios is the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. That's awesome for them. That's kind of crazy, but congratulations to that show for that. It's basically a whole different park now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but the Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy will open on March 31st um, of this year. Um, Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy will welcome you inside the world of Pixar's Cars films, bringing you face-to-face with racing legend Lightning McQueen. You'll be part of the next generation of rookie racers, and you'll learn the rules of the road from Lightning's years of experience. This will be the untold story of Lightning McQueen, as told by Lightning McQueen. Mm-hmm. Um, is this attraction going to be somewhere over there by Rock and Roller Coaster, or did I make that up? No, I think that's exactly where it's going to go. It's going to go into that building that they use for like special events right next door. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think this is super cool for young kids. Um, the Cars movies came out at a point in my life where I wasn't really into that. But I know a lot of kids that I teach that are like super obsessed with Cars. All the Cars movies, not just Cars in general, but not Cars in general. Um, the Cars franchise. Sure. Obviously, Disneyland already. That's Cars Land. Um, the yeah, ultimate Cars experience. Which looks um, super cool. Which was rumored to come to where uh, Toy Story Land is now, if you remember. I'm glad they didn't do that. I feel like Disney Run and Disneyland should have lots of different stuff. But I think this attraction will be great to have in that park, especially because that park doesn't have as many well it doesn't have as many attractions in general but it also doesn't have as many attractions for little tiny tots sure so this will be nice a nice addition for the kiddos absolutely and it sounds cool i mean i'm interested to see how it you know how they do it media wise and stuff so jumping to disneyland they debuted their new uh, projection show slash sometimes a fireworks show, <laughs> Mickey's Mix Magic. Um, did, you, did, you, did you see any videos of this? Oh, yeah. Like all the Disney Instagrammers that I follow from out in California. It was all over all of their Instagram stories. <laughs> they were loving it. And I mean, it looked super fun. It's going to be cool, but it'll be, I think, interesting to see what it will be like once the castle, you know, goes down for its uh, renovation. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, the projections are also on the castle as well. Yeah. They haven't been really showcasing that in the marketing. I guess because it won't be available for for much of the, this, you know, first bit of its run. How long are... The construction on the castle, how long is that supposed to last? Have they said? I don't know if they've said, but I'm assuming it'll be done when Star Wars Land is open. Oh, yeah, surely. Well, the most of the videos, one of the Instagrammers that I follow, his video is like kind of from further back on Main Street. So most of that view I was seeing were like the projections on the buildings on Main Street, which looked really right. cool. Right, which, I mean, that's a cool thing that I wish they'd do at Disney World. Yeah. Right, 
rather than your truly immersive projection experience, right? Mm-hmm. Then I wouldn't feel so uh, so bad when you get stuck back at the end of the street for fireworks. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be uh, an awesome addition. And Main Street just looks so cool when they do lighting atmosphere kind of stuff, like, you know, during the Halloween party and the Christmas party, when they have the lights on all the buildings on Main Street. It looks so cool. Well, you know, I'm a traditionalist, right? So right. I <laughs> with the popcorn lighting and um, when it looks like, you know, what we can imagine a turn of the century small town yes. would have looked like when it never was what we wished it would have been. In its natural state. <laughs> yes. Yes, the American flag bunting and the whole nine yards. But for 12 minutes, once a night. It could yeah, that wouldn't so. be a loss. <laughs> yeah. So, um, back to hotels. Reservations for Disney's Riviera Resort are going to open later this month to non-DVC guests. Mm. Um, DVC guests will most likely have to wait um, a little longer on this. Um, I still may have to do with the legal intricacies of selling timeshares. Yeah. Um, in Florida. Um, but there will be a dedicated block of rooms available just to DVC members. So they won't be left out in the cold. Yeah, hmm. I should know because I used to uh, work in timeshares. But kind of how that works when you open a new resort and you have to sell those rooms to people who that will become their home DVC resort. Um, And I think, you know, whichever home resort you have, you have some kind of priority in booking versus even other DVC people who have a different home resort. Right. And they haven't sold all of their inventory. So if you're considering DVC, and you're looking to be at the newest, nicest resort. Well, maybe not the nicest. I don't know. I'm not a DVC member. But <laughs> definitely the newest resort. Um, the Riviera seems like a very nice option. And it's going to be next to the new gondola line. If it will have connections to the gondola. So let's jump ahead <laughs> to something that came out yesterday when you're listening to this tomorrow. But today for us... Um, StarWars.com recently posted about an upcoming comic miniseries set on Batuu and Black Spire Outpost, which is, of course, where you'll be when you visit Star Wars Galaxy's Edge later this year at Disneyland Park and Disney's Hollywood Studios. I'm not a comic book person. Um... But this is what they said. They said pirates, smugglers, merchants, and wanderers from across the galaxy have traveled to make their score or sell their wares at the infamous black market located at Black Spire Outpost on Batuu. In April, when the comic will be coming out, journey to this locale in the Outer Rim in, new, in, the, new, in the new Marvel Star Wars comic series Galaxy's Edge, which ties into the new land opening at Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World Resort later this year's this year. Readers of the five issue miniseries will be able to meet the infamous Doc Ondare, the I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation, the <laughs> Ithorian collector of rare antiquities, and find out what happens when the first order reaches the edge of wild space. The key to saving this lost outpost 
might involve a job pulled long ago by none other than Han Solo and his cohort, Chewbacca. So it is time to watch the movie, Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, right, it probably is. That, this is like, <laughs> in the overdrive with like, guys, guys, Solo did so bad, we need to like recoup some of the profits. Put out an unrelated comic book that will tie back in to um, the movie. Everybody yes. has to go watch the movie. <laughs> Something like that. Wait, so this is going to be a comic book series. Right, five. Five comics. Gotcha. Many series. So, right. we have um, another piece of Star Wars news, but that's like our big capstone for the week. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I, I really am hesitant to, um, to do that now. So, let's talk about the new experiences you can experience right now if you go to the Walt Disney World Resort. Yes, all the things I am most excited about right now. The other day when it all happened, I was losing my mind on my couch. Like, why am I not there? Okay, Taylor, do you want to do the honors? You want me to name um, all of them? Going through them? <laughs> name a few and then I'll pick up from... Um, what I left out. Up. Okay, so yeah. the big, big thing all in one place is the Festival of the Arts in Epcot has started. Um, so you've got everything going on in Epcot with that festival. And then over in Hollywood Studios, we have my idol, Edna Mode herself, has a new meet and greet that is like not just your average meet and greet it's a whole new experience with an involved queue line and then so all of pixar places reopened and the incredibles are all over they have a dance party with mr and mrs incredible and um some really cool things that they're doing with that including a new bakery opening with finally we get jack jack's num num cookies in disney world um and then more pixar in hollywood studios you have the mike and sully new meet and greet um and then in the magic kingdom the new mickey and minnie celebration has began we have the Move It, Shake It, Mouska, Dance It parade that has started along with the new Mickey and Minnie meet and greet Unpopular in Unpopular Disney opinion, I've always hated Move It, Shake It, Dance It, Play It, Celebrate It, Mouska, <laughs> whatever they're calling it now. But it's been going on like four times a day for the past like six years, okay, in the hub, and you can't move. Okay, if mm-hmm. you want to get from Adventure Life to Tomorrowland, good luck. The entire street's blocked off. Yes. But have you watched the videos from the new one? Yes. Okay. I personally, I mean, I'm a dancer. If you didn't know, listeners, I'm involved in entertainment. It's my, what I do. Um, I really, really like it. I think it's super cute. And the song is got to be one of the catchiest songs I've heard in a long time. The other day it was stuck in my head literally all day. Um, and the one so every. The, the the one like everybody get your ears on that song. Yeah, that's everybody the Mickey's Mix Magic song too. Good, 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 good time. Yeah, go listen to it. <laughs> you can get it on Apple Music, probably Spotify. Of course. Um, I think, uh, Alexa, play. Um, it's a good time. On okay, doesn't want to do it. <laughs> we, and we, that probably would not be good for um us from a legal standpoint. So we just won't. We, we, we just won't. 
But go find it on the internet, friends. And there's so many cute characters involved in it now. And to me, what is amazing about it is they have live singers on the float, which I don't think has ever been done. Like, even in the Castle show, the only time we get live singers is during that Christmas shows. Um, so to me, it's like I want to applaud Disney for, for putting live singers in a parade. Um, like, thank you for hiring and paying those people and having them there for our entertainment. Um, so you'll also, jumping back to our Hollywood studios, um, you will be able to also meet Mr. Incredible, Mrs. Incredible, Frozone, and Mike and Sully. Mm-hmm. But continue, continue. I'm sorry that we did interrupt. No, that's well. well, well I totally I think did. That was all. But, I think that um, was all of the <laughs> all of the things. Yeah. So we could go back and talk a little bit about Festival of the Arts, which I am just like the Disney on Broadway concert. Yes. Okay. It's, it's the entire reason to come. Okay. If you like musical theater. Okay, Disney's bringing in actual people from their Broadway shows to come and perform songs and you know, do sets and the whole nine yards um, at the American Adventure Gardens Theater. Yes. Even if you would just enjoy good talent. You know, some of Broadway's top performers, they get to come down. They do three shows a day. Oh, like that concert worth. Look, everybody, the Adina Menzel is going to be there. Okay, Adina Menzel, book your tickets now. So good. She's not going to be there. I lied. She's not, but other really talented people. They do Disney Broadway songs. Um, it's just a super cool thing that they do. I wish they did more stuff like that on that stage in Epcot. However, they did announce they're bringing back the Guardians of the Galaxy concert this summer. I was just about to get to that. Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Mix Live will return to Epcot from June 14th to August 18th. You can join Star-Lord and Gamora as they take you on a musical journey through the cosmos. showcasing hits from Star-Lord's Awesome Mixtapes. Which I, yeah, I saw it last summer and I really enjoyed it. And again, like Disney hiring really talented live singers coming out there to like live their best life on the stage for all of you visitors in Epcot for the day. It makes me happy. Um, they're also going to have um, the at Animal Kingdom, the Hakuna Matata Time Dance Party. Yes, I left out. I forgot all of the new stuff that's happening in Animal Kingdom, which I am excited about. But let me just I'm just gonna put this out there. okay? so this year, 25th anniversary of The Lion King. We all love The Lion King. But do you also know that it is the 30th anniversary of The Little Mermaid? Hello, the movie that started the entire Disney Renaissance. Why are we talking about that yet? Where's their dance? You got your ride. Shut up and be happy. (sighs) Okay, I'm happy, but I'm just a little bit bitter that we're focused on The Lion King instead of The Mermaid. And 30 years, 30 years in Hollywood Studios, 30 years The Little Mermaid. She's over there in Hollywood Studios. Like, I feel like we could have done something. 
Can we get Jody Benson maybe to come they for the weekend I, or something? I, I feel like they probably will. But I, so. I think there's so much going on at Hollywood Studios this year. Yes, they don't want to draw is. like unnecessary crowds to the park. <laughs> Fine. Acceptable reasoning. Now, as part of this celebration of the Lion King, the Tree of Life Awakenings at Disney's Animal Kingdom will be Lion King themed. Um, Starting Memorial Day weekend and going through September 30th, um, the tree, the projections on the iconic tree will feature music and animation that pays tribute to the classic films. Yes. I'm excited to see this. I mean, I love the projections they do on the Tree of Life, so I can only imagine it'll be fun and lovely. Now, this is practically just an ad, but a great way to experience all this new fun and excitement is by purchasing a four-part magic ticket, which are on sale now. Um, it's a special deal. It lets you go to four parks, one a day, for $89 a day. That's a total price of $356 plus tax. It'll be valid for admission through January 18th to the 14th of March, March 27th to April 9th, April 27th to May 27th, and August 19th through September 30th, 2019. Limited to admission to one park, one day. Um, For more information, visit the article at Monorail News or the promotions page at WaltDisneyWorld.com. You want me to tell you all a secret? Sure. Um, So those same... Tickets are available on UndercoverTourist.com for a little bit cheaper than the Disney website. Just throwing that out there. Um, they vary slightly in price depending on which time period you fall into. Right. Uh, but they're still like the best deal you're going to get on park tickets right now. Significantly cheaper than regular you know, non-hopper tickets. Now, I just want to remind everyone the views of Taylor Thomas in regards to ticketing offerings from third-party sources do not necessarily <laughs> reflect the views of Monorail News or its staff. Correct. Okay. Um, it's very important that these tickets must be used within seven days of their first use or by September 30th, whichever comes first. If you're a Florida resident, you can get the three-day Discover Disney ticket for $175. It's valid for admission to one theme park per day. Um, you can have a fourth day for $20 more. Um, those can be purchased through June 27th and are valid through um, for use through June 30th with no blackout date. All you have to do is require or I'm sorry, prove that you are a Florida resident. Mm-hmm. Um, for more information on those tickets, visit DisneyWorld.com slash Discover Disney. Great deals out there right now for the, like, now through the summer. Now more than ever, it's the greatest yeah. time to visit Walt Disney World, or so I've been told by the Disney Parks blog. Yeah, it's like the rooms, there's a discount on the rooms happening right now. They've got this ticket special going on. It's obvious that like free dining, yeah, free dining packages. In the summer, everybody's waiting on Star Wars. We get it, but Disney's like, could you please come during July? Anybody who wants to come, we'll give you It'll lots of. It'll be very hot 
So <laughs> maybe you've seen some of the food offerings they're offering at the Magic Kingdom for Mickey and Minnie's surprise celebration. Yes, so many cute things in that new Mickey Mouse sipper cup with his birthday hat on. What looks really awesome, though, is the Mickey's Burger at Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe. It's an Angus burger that has macaroni and cheese on top, American cheese, cheese sauce, flaming hot cheese dust, and bacon covered on a bun with the face of Mickey Mouse burned inside. Yes, it looks good. Now, um, I'm not a big American cheese person or a macaroni and cheese person, but I can go for some cheese sauce on a burger now. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm a fan of all of those things. Um, and then uh, Plaza Gardens, um, I'm sorry, the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor right in front of the Plaza Gardens. In addition to the Mickey kitchen sink, who now find the mini kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Fun novelty item because of two, two scoops of ice cream of your choice. Um, with whipped cream, cherries, and your choice of hot fudge, peanut butter, or caramel. Of course, with that much ice cream, you might want to share it with a friend for ultimate deliciousness and fun. And little little bowl that's in looks like Minnie Mouse's skirt. Yeah. And they like oh. ring a bell and call your name out and stuff if you order it. Do they? So it's a whole situation, yeah. I thought that was just a beaches and cream. Nope. They do it there too now with this. They say like... The Gray Hauser family has ordered the mini kitchen sink. La 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 la. Woohoo. And everybody starts to cheer for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excitement. So much fun. Uh-huh. Um, so, at Gaston's Tavern, you'll be able to enjoy the now and forever slush, which is sparkling cider slush served in a champagne flute and garnished with white chocolate dipped strawberry featuring Minnie and Mickey. Um, it's going to be available through the end of February. So go ahead and get it now. It looks delicious. I've heard that it's basically like LeFou's brew, but that the chocolate-covered strawberry is right on point. Um, now, if you dine at Crystal Palace, um, Jungle Navigation Company Limited Skipper Canteen, or as it's commonly known, Skipper Canteen, um, or Tony's Counter Restaurant, you can enjoy the True Love Cheesecake Available from the day before my birthday, otherwise known as the day after Valentine's Day, <laughs> February 15th. It's a, it's a strawberry vanilla marble cheesecake that comes with a raspberry puree, whipped cream, and a Mickey and Minnie chocolate piece. And it looks so cute. It looks absolutely adorable. It really does. And, of course, you can carry Mickey Mouse around with you all day long with the Mickey Supper, the Mickey Sipper and Birthday Hat novelty straw. Apparently, the sipper is separate from the, from the birthday hat. Right? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I meant to say. I'm really <laughs> not on point today, guys. You got um, this. <laughs> so, you can enjoy the awesome little cup and carry it around with you. I don't think that includes... Refills. Um, I don't think so. Um, keep checking the Disney Parks blog and our website for more um, details. For more information and to make reservations, visit the Walt Disney World website or call 1 407 WDW Dine. That's 407 939 
all the new exciting eats. And now this is the big piece of news that I think Disney fans and Star Wars fans have really been wanting to know is how long is Galaxy's Edge's Star Wars Battle Escape going to last? Well, if Alyssa Stella of Theme Park Shop is to be believed, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Battle Escape will be, from entrance to exit, 28 minutes long. The actual ride will only be four and a half minutes long. That's a significant pre-show. They said that as part of the attraction, guests will board a transport shuttle that will escort them into the skies above Black Spire Outpost on the Blackwater planet of Batuu in the Outer Rim territories where Galaxy's Edge is set. From there, the guest transports will be abducted by the First Order, forced to dock on one of their Star Destroyers. Then guests will be escorted into a prison cell and will have to try and escape the Star Destroyer without falling into the clutches of Kylo Ren and the First Order. What do you think? I think this sounds amazing. Like, it's total immersion, right? I mean, you, a, you just took the queue line to a whole new level. They're saying yeah. it, it's going to feature a reported five ride system types, 18 ride show areas, special effects with laser beams that are fired by life-size AT-ATs, and 305 state-of-the-art animatronic figures and droids with upwards of 100 of those taking on the role of stormtroopers in hot pursuit of you as you escape. Wow. I think, I mean, seeing what Disney has done recently with the new rides, I don't think there's any way this thing is not going to be like the best thing we've ever done. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I think that I mean, every every new attraction or every attraction that exists, you know, they're all they're all part of your judgment on them is how long did they last? Like nobody wants to wait in line for an attraction that's over in 90 seconds. Wait, that's part of your judgment? I think so. Or it it's not like the top judgment, but it comes into play. You know, like, what's one of the things everybody always talks about Splash Mountain? Oh, it lasts a really long time. You know, you get a you get a lot. It's like saying you get a lot for your money. You get a lot for your weight. Um, Right. And to like, I love so Tower of Terror, my favorite attraction. I love that they took a simple drop ride and turned it into everything that Tower of Terror is, you know the whole experience of it so i think doing something like what they've done with the transport you know and like really instead of like just watching a video screen and it's like this is what's happened to you and now this is what you're going to do you know you kind of like get to actually go through that process so do you think though this will become like the Jimmy Fallon ride at Universal, where it's lineless. Like you get into the pre-show, and there's not supposed to be a line after that, but there totally is. 
There totally is. I do love that. Dyke the lines around the corner. <laughs> when they, we call your color, you get to come get in line. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know how they'll set it up, but I don't mind. I don't mind the way that Jimmy Fallon is set up. I think anything I to hate it that because I hate Universal. You don't hate everything about Universal, but right. <laughs> I'm trying to get on Disney's good side here. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. If you like Universal, you are a communist. Yes, only communists like Universal. Yes. Well, I won't. I won't tell anybody how I feel about Universal then. Does <laughs> this McCarthy is going to come out of his grave and and force you into a a, a subcommittee hearing? Look, we all we all make our money spendable in multiple player multiple parks. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think breaking up the typical normal queue line for a ride is a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I think having different steps in the process and making people feel like they've already started the attraction, even though they're really still just in line for it, is genius and the way to go. You know, like even what they did in Flight of Passage, once you start your decontamination process and all that jazz, you're really still just in line, but you don't feel like but it. But it doesn't feel like it. It yeah. only feels like it if you sometimes go in there and you sit, you're trying to like decontaminate you and they're, and they're like, something went wrong. Hold yes. on. Okay, depending yeah. on how long it takes you to put the load in the, in not the next room, but the room after that, yeah. you, you could be standing there installing for 15 seconds or for like 10 minutes. You know, who knows? That happened and to me last so time I went on Mission me too. Space. Wait, you having on Mission Space? Yeah. And we were all standing there. And like when you watch the pre-show video for Mission Space and then you're waiting for the doors to open and they're like, so the video show and they're like, the doors will be opening soon and you'll continue on your journey, whatever, whatever. And then like it was silent, you know, because everybody's waiting on the doors to open and then they didn't open. They didn't open. And then like everybody just started talking to each other and stuff. And then like five minutes later they opened and I was like, well, that was awkward. Rapid fire question: Orange or green? Um, green. <coughs> green. Green for me forever. I can't. I. Green for me too. <sighs> green is enough for me. Okay, the last time I did orange, like probably three years ago, I was like, okay. I was there. I was there. No, and then that was it. I said never again. <laughs> I think there the green is fun. Right, but I've never done the orange, so I, I'm not one to talk. But I've always kind of wanted to do the orange, but I don't want to, like, they give you so many warnings on the little <laughs> cart they hand out. I'm and like, the vomit bags. It's like, it's like at the very end, it's like, this ride may cause nausea, uh, vomiting, explosive diarrhea. So many bad heart things. Cancer. Okay, it, it probably won't cause any of those things, just to be perfectly clear. But it reminds me of, like, when you watch, like, an ad for a medicine on television. Yes. That that ride, just the confined space of it, 
is enough of a thrill for me. Okay. Like I just, I just need to be able to relax enough to be okay in such a confined space. Like when that console comes like right in front of you, um, I don't need to be worried about any extra G forces or anything well, like that. Well, that, that ride probably would have like detached my retina. Uh, done it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do I do enjoy that ride. The last time I rode on it um, with my friend Brooke, the two other people in our space shuttle with us had never done it before, and the lady was extremely nervous. And I was like, "It's okay, I promise. Like, you picked the right one. You're on the green one. You're gonna be fine." Look, I'm kind of a mean person, so I look at him and go, "Green, this is orange." <laughs> right as the door closed, and you couldn't back out. I would have a panic attack if that actually happened to me. <laughs> I just close my eyes and wait for it. it would, to get no, they say you can't close your eyes. That's part of the problem. You gotta press your buttons. No, no, not that. Like you'll, you'll get sick if you close your eyes. Oh, is it the worse? Illusion will be ruined. Ugh. That's why you have to keep your head back and your face forward and you can't look around <laughs> because they've like designed it so it fools your mind into thinking you're going forward when you're actually spinning around so fast. Oh my gosh. They actually had to work with NASA to uh, put that ride together. Um, it's, a, it's a good one. It's a must do for me great. at Epcot and it's, I can always do it because the green is typically a walk on. Yeah, the green is typically a walk-on. That's another plus to the green, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let me talk to you tonight about Test Track. Ugh. Test Track. This is my my gripe about Test Track. I never it's way off broken? subject here. Forget it's always broken, okay? That's a problem. What frustrates me the most, okay, is that I have to go into the you get your fast pass right mm-hmm. you go into the design room and when you come out you're back in the regular line yep so you have to wait right you're yep. not getting out of that ride without waiting and 75 percent of the time you might not end up on the ride because that attraction always goes down okay maybe not 75 percent of the time if you're patient enough the ride will come back online the last time I was there, it was down the entire time I was in Epcot. You see, you just didn't have enough patience. I did. We kept checking. It never reopened. You should have been willing to wait in that line for eight hours. <laughs> like, okay, so we got to Epcot, I think, at like 11 that morning. And we we entered through the International Gateway, came through World Showcase. So we probably got around to test track like noon, 1230. And like, as we were walking up to go get in single rider line they were like sorry ladies and gentlemen this attraction is now going to be closed we do not have an estimated time of when it will reopen please continue to check back and so we like we just missed it and then it was down the rest of the day this is another thing about epcot i really for the first time it hit me a couple weeks ago okay i was walking from international gateway all the way to the land pavilion mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. So, so I didn't even want to talk to you to make the time go by faster. Yeah. That's a long walk. Oh, yeah, it's huge. It's massive. It took me like 20 minutes. Huge. 
walking at a brisk pace. Huge. The Epcot rash. We talked about this last week. It's real. That park is huge. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that park is easily divided into two days. You spend one day up front, you spend one day in the back. Or else you might get a rash. No, I don't think, I I don't think, I disagree. I think it can all be done in one day. Especially well, if you can. don't care about going to all the pools and shopping, right? Yeah, yeah. If you don't Maybe really... it's a day and a half. A day and a half max. It depends on what you value and what you like to do in World Showcase. Sure. For example, for me, I enjoy watching the O Canada show five times. Do you? No. <laughs> I don't know anyone who goes into that show anymore. Wait, but... You know, you didn't love the France video when we saw that. What's it called? <laughs> it's like it's like twenty years old. They have impressions de France. No, no. Impressions de France. Okay, is <laughs> so old that in the video they don't use euros; they use francs. You know, francs—the currency that is no longer used in France. That is your, that's your nap time, ladies and gentlemen, if you need to take a nap in Epcot. But it really is a great movie. It really is a great movie, especially if you want to wonder. I like the movie. Disney World crazy? Like, take them on that before they do anything else. This is one of the best things here in this entire park. And then you say, it's just some guy's travel log from Mm -hmm. France presented Mm -hmm. to you on a surround screen. Yep. Yeah, but it's a it's a huge park. I love it though. Love me some Epcot. The Napoli is I I think the best restaurant in a park at Walt Disney World. It's definitely one of the the highest reviewed by everybody all the time. Like it's never People aren't like, oh, it used to be good and now it's not. Or, you know, it has its ups and downs. It's like always 100%. Everybody's like, you can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong in that restaurant. If I hadn't gone back to Tiffin's in December, I would have said Tiffin's is the best restaurant inside of Disney Park. Mm. It it might still be. Maybe I spent on a bad night. Yeah. But the food was just good. Okay. Did you get the same steak? Uh, no, they changed the menu. Oh. Similar stuff, but like the, the, the food was just really good. It wasn't like over the top excellent like yeah. it was when we went. Last summer. God, and it was so good. That's because, um, you know, I had like a traumatic experience in Tiffin's. Yeah. So maybe it's just kind of ruined for me forever now. No. Um, we'll see. You gotta go back again. Well, and next time I go, I'm really going to try to get into Nomad Lounge and try some of their small eats. Um, it's always well reviewed as well. I mean, it's, it's the same building, so I'm assuming it's the same kitchen as Tiffin's. I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, and they have like a menu of small plates appetizers. Right. And so I will let you know how that is. Please. Please. So, Tuli Canteen, excellent. Um, what's the barbecue place in the Animal Kingdom? Uh, Flame Tree Barbecue. Flame Tree. Those Always are my two favorite food service it, on, on property. Oh, yeah. 
So good. Flame tree. So good. People don't believe me, too. When you're like, when you're like the African themed barbecue restaurant has the best barbecue. They do. They're like, I really don't buy that, Gray. And I'm like, no, no, it's like St. Louis style barbecue. It just isn't an African themed building. I've seen several people, too, um, compare it to Polite Pig, which a lot of people like in Disney Springs. And I think pretty much everybody I know always goes with Flame Tree Barbecue as being even better than Polite Pig. Right. So good. Gosh, I'm getting really hungry now. Yeah, all this talk (laughs) is doing wonders for my appetite. Yeah. And it's only 5 p.m. It can be dinner time. I guess it can be. But food, good at Disney. It, it, you're going to enjoy it. Um, it's not typical theme park food that you get at Six Flags. You know, I think that's Disney apart. Oh, yeah. And they're constantly changing menus and adding new things. And, like, you just have to you just have to look into it a little bit. Yeah. You know, you don't have to just stop and get the turkey leg or the hot dog. Like, there's so much. Although a turkey leg is a great option for you on the go. do love a good turkey leg. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're delicious. Don't get me wrong. I love the popcorn and the hot dog and the turkey leg. But, I mean, you have a lot of other options. So many, so many good options. Just like there's so many new, awesome experiences coming to Walt Disney World this year that we've discussed. So many. So many. And with that, I think that'll just about do it with this bonus episode. Bonus Tuesday. (laughs) Bonus Tuesday. (laughs) Taylor, where can they find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter. My username is Taylor E. Thomas. You can find me on Instagram with that same username, Taylor E. Thomas. Those are the best places to find me. You can find me at Gray Houser. That's Gray with an A on Twitter. I'm pretty much my username for all social media, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. Um, you can follow um, all the Monorail News content at Monorail News on Twitter. And you can follow um, the other member of our team who puts out um, awesome videos, um, Ivy Winter at Ivy Winter on Twitter. 